Welcome to the Jeff Caven Show, where we talk about the Bible, discipleship, and evangelization, putting it all together and living as activated disciples. This is show 308, Five Things Women Wish Their Husbands Knew. Welcome to the show again, my friend. Ah, what a title, huh? What a title. And it's not clickbait, I assure you. It's not clickbait. We're going to talk about five things women wish their husbands knew. I have a feeling this is going to be one of those shows that gets passed on. <laughs> it's going to get passed on to a lot of husbands and, uh, and also to people who are going to get married. Some of the things I want to share with you today just might be a marriage saver and certainly a great preparation for marriage because as you know, men and women are different. They are different. They're both beautiful. They're both unique, but they are different. And the needs, you know, we all have kind of universal needs, but I think that there are certain things that a man needs in his life and certain things that a woman needs in her life. And there's nothing wrong with that, is there? It's actually beautiful. And I'm not going to fall into that pool of everybody is exactly the same. And if we just Distinguished differences in any way, it's somehow bringing someone down to a level that they don't feel they're, they're there. So we're going to use the Bible too. Hey, if you do want the show notes, all you got to do is uh, text my name, Jeff Cavins. It's one word, Jeff Cavins, J-E-F-F-C-A-V-I-N-S, and you can text it to the number 33777. Quite biblical, 33777. We'll get you the show notes. And I do have quite a few scriptures today about uh, five things that women wish their husband knew. Before I get into that, I do have a couple of things I want to share with you. One is that if you're looking for wisdom in your life, if you're looking for wisdom for relationships, for money, for any area, big ticket area in your life, I do have a Bible study for you at Ascension Press. It's called Wisdom, God's Vision for Life. It's Wisdom, God's Vision for Life. We talk about relationships, and we talk about marriage, and we talk about money, and we talk about decision-making, and all kinds of ideas. And it comes uh, with a journal that you can keep track of. Well, it's a journal, but it's actually the workbook, and the workbook looks like a journal. It's kind of cool. And you can do this alone. You can do it in your family. You can do it in a small group. It's your church, among your friends. Kind of build up your life with wisdom. Seek wisdom. Gather wisdom. Collect wisdom for living. And some of today in this show kind of comes from that, from that study. A little bit. A little bit. Second of all, the Insight Journal. I want to remind you, Father Mike Schmitz and I put together an Insight Journal to keep track of all the insights that you gain by listening to a CD, watching a TV show, uh, Lexio Divina, a homily on Sunday, something something Father said, uh, something you heard on a podcast. You don't want to lose it. You want to keep it. And so we created an insight journal. That's what it is. It's beautiful. It comes in burgundy and also a gray color, and I'll put that in the show notes for you. So, five things women wish their husbands knew. Let me just start off by saying this. I am not perfect. 
<laughs> that probably is no surprise. But I just want to state that I am not perfect in this area. I need to hear this show. So I would kindly say, move over and let me sit down right next to you. Because I need to be reminded of this so much. And isn't it something how you can get an idea or you hear something and then you think to yourself, I'll never forget that. And a week later, you're not paying any attention to that great big revelation that you had. That's why an insight journal is important. That's why writing things down, frankly, is important. You might ask uh, me, Jeff, how do you know these things that you're going to talk about, these five things women wish their husband knew? Well, the answer I'm married. <laughs> That's the answer. I'm married, and I've been married 44 years, and you learn. You do. And for me, I learned the hard way. And uh, But I do think I have some gold to give you. When I first got married, I actually knew nothing. There I was, 20 years old, dropped into the land of marriage. And <laughs> I really, I had to learn all of this from scripture and teaching and failing over and over until you come to a point where you, you realize, you know what? I need to get smart in this and I need to love my wife the way Christ loved the church. So I hope to do five things in the future of men, you know, as a show on five things men wish their wives knew, but we're not going to talk about that today. So men, if you do have ideas, just help me out there, will you? You can send me a note, uh, an email, thejeffcavenshow at ascensionpress.com. That's where you can write me and you can give me some insights, guys. Five things men wish their wives knew. But today we're talking about five things that women wish their husbands knew. Okay, number one, and this is from a woman's perspective. I'm going to say this from a woman's perspective. That doesn't mean that I'm pretending to be a know-it-all, whatever that phrase is of what it is to be a woman, but I've heard. Okay, so number one, I would love encouragement and affirmation privately, not just publicly. A woman appreciates being told that she is beautiful, pretty, desirable, quite a catch. And by the way, some of these things I'm going to mention to you, these five like this one, I would love encouragement and affirmation, not just at the business party, not just at the Christmas party, but privately, just, just the two of you alone. Some of these are things that you probably have heard. Maybe you even heard a, a list of three things that women wish their husband knew or 10 things that, that women wish their husband knew. And this one, I think, is very important. You know, it's so easy for a man to give affirmation to his wife when they are out in public. And there's something about us as men that we feel like we're really doing a big deed there. You know, we're, we're really being kind because we said it publicly. We said it publicly. But when you say it publicly, it also has something to do with you as well. You made that fine pick, mister. And she is quite the catch and, you know, trophy wife, maybe. So when you, when you compliment your wife publicly, that's good and, and that's great. But it's when you're alone that it really means something. When you are alone, you can, you can compliment her. And tell her, you are beautiful. Women love to be told that they are beautiful. Not out of some neediness. Not out of some, some uh, deficit. 
but because that's the way they're created. They are beautiful, and they love to hear that they are beautiful. And, and that's something that we don't do sometimes. You know, as men, we, we kind of forget about it. We, <laughs> I'll get to that later, but we, we forget about it. And I think that compliments are really important. You, now, how can you compliment your wife privately, privately, just the two of you, taking a moment saying, honey, listen, I want to tell you something. I think you're an amazing wife. I really do. I think you're an amazing wife. I think you're an amazing mother. I think you're an outstanding grandmother. I wish every, every grandchild had a grandmother like you. You are, you are something else. And you make our home feel like a home. I love coming home to you. Those are compliments, you know. You look beautiful. You look nice tonight. You know, you just can't say it enough. I like what Paul said to the Thessalonians in Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. He said to the Ephesians in Ephesians 4.2, and these are all in the show notes, let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for edifying as fits the occasion that it may impart grace to those who hear. You know you can impart grace to your wife by the words that you speak. And by the way, I am very aware that this is not an exhaustive list, and you may write me and say, well, there's a couple of them you missed, Jeff. Well, go ahead, bring it, bring it on. I'd love to hear it. Maybe we'll have a show too in the future. But I do know this, that my wife likes to be complimented away from the crowd. She appreciates it that the crowd, don't, don't get me wrong, but alone, I don't know, it means something different. Maybe it means more. Hebrews 10 in verses 24 and 25 says, and let us consider, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Something simple, isn't it? Just encourage one another. When your wife is feeling down, she's feeling exhausted, and uh, perhaps, perhaps she's just, you know, burnt out. Well, you can encourage her. Take the load off. Do something kind. Buy flowers. Take her out for dinner. Give her a foot rub. <laughs> or just go out and have a wonderful evening together at her favorite restaurant. We have a tendency to encourage a lot of other people, especially at work. We encourage our staff. We encourage our friends. Someone, you know, one of our friends says that they're really, they're really down about something. And what do you do? You try to encourage them. Start at home. Start at home. Encourage your wife. Number two, what you did to get them, keep doing it. What you did to get them initially, do it so that you can keep them. Men, I think that men love to conquer. They really do. They love to conquer. But your wife doesn't want to spend her entire life being conquered by you. So you conquered. So you, you got the prize. You got the beautiful wife, this amazing woman. You did something extraordinary to get her. I know you did. You were in Olympic condition. You were. <laughs> you dressed well. You showered, you looked good, and uh, you were kind, and compliment, you complimented her mother, and 
you were in Olympic condition. Now, I was a pastor for 12 years, and so I've got to tell you, I know what I'm talking about here, and I know how men are in Olympic condition physically and emotionally and spiritually because they're drawing that woman. They want that woman, and now that you got her, you sort of stop doing it. You stop doing what you did to get her in the first place. She wants to be loved. Love your wife the way you did when you were pursuing her. You know, Scripture says in Genesis, a man shall leave his mother and father and shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Well, have you left your mother and father? Is the apron string cut to your mother? Men, is it cut? Are you... Are you pursuing your wife? That Hebrew word really talks about hotly pursuing your wife like you did at the beginning. Love your wife by giving her time without the TV on in the background. Give your wife time without that ball game on every single day night. Break the habit, that that narrative that is slowly bringing your marriage down into a vanilla stage rather than peppermint bonbon, and do something different. What do I do? Do what you did at the beginning. You know, the Song of Songs is just incredible, and I'll put this in the show notes for you. The Song of Song is an allegorical tale of God's love for Israel and also uh, Jesus' love for us, but it has a moral application, not just an allegorical uh, application of God's love for us, but our love for our bride. Listen to these words. This is the love between God and us, but this should be the love between you and your bride. Listen, it's Song of Songs 4 and verse 1. How beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, you are beautiful. Your eyes behind your veil are like doves. Your hair is like a flock of goats streaming down. Pause. Remember the culture in which this is written. And find a way of uh, using another word for goats. Okay, Your teeth are white like newly sheared sheep just coming from their bath. <laughs> now, I know that when I'm reading this, the cult, there's a cultural barrier. Again, I'm not saying you have to read this to her. You know, oh, honey, come over, sit down for a moment. Your teeth are white like a newly sheared sheep just coming from their bath. That's what I think of you. Well, there's a way... There's a way of just saying, <laughs> you're gorgeous, you're a knockout, you're beautiful. Verse 2 goes on, each one has a twin and none of them is missing. Your lips are like red silk thread and your mouth is lovely. Your cheeks behind your veil are like slices of pomegranate. Your neck is like David's tower built with rows of stones, which is strong. A thousand shields hang on its, on its walls. Each shield belongs to a strong soldier. Your breasts are like two fawns, like twins of a gazelle feeding among the lilies. Until the day dawns and the shadows disappear, I will go to that mountain of myrrh and to the hill of incense. My darling, everything about you is beautiful, and there is nothing at all wrong with you. Oh, I got a verse for you, gentlemen. That's it. Song of Songs 4-7. My darling, everything about you is beautiful. Even your... uh 
perceived weaknesses are beautiful. Didn't John Legend have a song about that, something about that? My darling, everything about you is beautiful and there is nothing at all wrong with you. I'll tell you what, your wife and you get together tonight, may that roll off your lips. There's another thing that I was thinking about here, you know, as far as husbands pursue your wife the way you did when you were dating and you were courting her. In the book of Revelation, John the Revelator, he talks about uh, the church of Ephesus. He goes through these churches of Asia Minor and says, this is your strength and this is your weakness. And he said to the church of Ephesus, he said, basically, you guys have it all together apologetically. You know the faith. You've got the books. you got the tapes. You're watching all the shows and everything. And you know how to defend your faith for sure. But... He says, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear evil men, but have tested those who call themselves apostles, but are not. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, but I have this against you, Ephesus, you have abandoned the love you had at first. Wow. You've abandoned the love you had at first. And then what was the remedy there that John gave the church in Ephesus, remember then from what you have fallen. Repent and get this, get it, ready? Do the works you did at first. Do the works you did at first. If not, I'll come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Now that's powerful. He's saying to Ephesus, you know what? You've kind of have slacked off. Oh yeah, you know everything. You are quote unquote orthodox, but you've lost your first love. Go back and do what you did at the beginning. For Emily and myself, it was malts at uh, Snuffy's Malt Shop. It's funny as that sounds. And we get together and talk and talk and talk at Snuffy's. Okay, I've got three more for you. I'm going to take a break. When I come back, this next one is critically important. You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show. Hi, I'm Father Mark Toops. Do you ever feel like you're asking God for too much in your spiritual life? The truth is, you're probably asking for too little. And if you'd like some help this Lent, opening up your heart to God to allow Him to bless you with all that He has for you, you should pick up the new Ascension Lenten Companion Year A. This coming Lent, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. If you'd like some help to go deeper, you'll need to ask for more. And this is what this year's journal is designed to help you with. Each day, you'll get a word to focus on, a reflection to help you pray, some scripture to meditate on, and a prompt to help you quiet down and listen to what God wants to say to you. And each week, we feature a piece of original artwork as well as an original online video to help you in your prayer. I wanna encourage you to be bold this Lent, to ask God for more. Go to ascensionpress.com and order your copy of the Ascension Lenten Companion today. God bless you. We're talking today about five things that wives wish their husbands knew. Five things that women wish their husbands knew. And we're moving along the list here. Again, I am not perfect. I have learned over the years these things. I've read, I've seen other people put together lists of men and women and singles and young and old and all kinds of stuff. The third one is, this is what women wish their husbands knew. And that is this, listen to me. Stop trying to fix everything. Oh, I've heard that so many times. Wow. Listen to me. Stop trying 
to fix everything. Do you know, as men, our natural inclination is to fix something. When we hear that there is a problem, and Emily will tell me about a problem that she's experiencing, my mind races. My mind races like a, uh, like a bullet. It races to a solution. How can I fix this? How can I make this right? How can I, how can I make sure that she doesn't have to experience this, un- this uncomfortable situation anymore? You know, you know what, honey? I got a solution. And she's looking at me like, I'm not asking you to come up with a big solution here. Honey, I'm not asking you to fix everything. I just want you to listen to me. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, are you done? No, that's not how you do it. You enter in and listen. Both eyes on her, turn the television off, put that guns and ammo magazine to the side, Sports Illustrated, put it back on the, on the table and look at her and listen. If you do that, well, number one, she might be shocked and wonder if there's something wrong with you. No, I'm kidding. But she will be receptive. James said this, James in chapter one and verse 19 said, know this, my beloved brethren, let every man be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Did you get the first one there? Be quick to hear. Husbands, you need to be quick to hear. Turn off the solution switch, at least for now. You can do it at work or among your friends. Right now, your wife just needs you to listen. That's what she needs. Just being together and being present is comforting. It's the relationship. It's companionship. Always trying to fix something hints at, you know what it hints at, come to think of it? Always trying to fix something hints at, you know what? Let's move on. Let's get over this. Let's move on rather than, honey, I'll be with you in this situation. I'll be with you. And I have to admit, and guys, maybe you, maybe you are the same, that if my wife's uncomfortable, that makes me uncomfortable. It's like that old saying that says that a father and a mother are as happy as their saddest child. If your wife is not happy, well, it's hard for you to be happy. And so I want to be happy, so I'm going to fix it. I'm going to get this thing fixed so we can move on to Monday night football. I think you know what I'm saying. Listen to them. Practice it. Next time, you know, after dinner, make sure that there's nothing in front of you. Put your phone away and just say, how are you doing? How was today? And listen. And don't offer a big solution. You'd be surprised at how that that works out. Number four, I wish my husband would pray with me and lead the family spiritually. Oh, my gosh. Now, if I were to rank these five, I might have put that first. Seriously, I might have put that first because I used to take surveys when I was a pastor, and I asked women, if, if you could have anything from your husband, what would it be? Always, always, women said, I wish my husband would pray with me and lead the family spiritually. I wish he would teach our children. Do you know how important that is, guys? Do you know how important it is for you to, to lead? That doesn't mean you dominate. That doesn't mean you're smarter. That doesn't mean you're better. It means you are, you are walking in your giftedness. 
to protect your family and to lead, to give. She will receive. Doesn't mean she doesn't give. She gives as well. But I wish my husband would pray with me. And now here's the problem, ladies. Your husband might feel inadequate. You may have been the real prayer warrior in the family. You're the one that went to the great adventure study. You're the one that introduced Bible in a year. Not him. He's along for the ride. And he might feel inadequate. And he might feel stupid, ill-prepared, not as good as you, fakey. I could go on with all kinds of descriptions here, but I think you know what I mean. Men oftentimes do not lead in prayer, even though their wives want them to pray with them. So here's, here's what I'm suggesting. Start with just a little. If you're not accustomed to praying in the family or leading in the family, you can start with something as simple as, honey, we, let's pray for our kids. And then just pray the Our Father and a Hail Mary. Start where, start where you know. You can say, let's, let's pray for our kids and take her hand. Our Father, who art in heaven. Lord, we lift up our children to you. Our Father, who art in heaven. Hail Mary, full of grace. Man, that's a good beginning. And, and maybe your buddies at work go to an Assembly of God church or an independent charismatic church, and they're used to praying spontaneously. And you've heard them pray, and you thought, Man, I hope nobody ever calls on me. Well, start with where you're at. A rote prayer is a beautiful prayer. We say those prayers because they are great prayers and effective. And so start there and then grow in that. Now, you, you can start maybe a tradition in your family. Maybe after, after dinner, you could, you could just take your wife's hand and just say, let's pray for the kids and our family and pray the Lord's Prayer and Hail Mary, Glory Be, Michael the Archangel. Prayer, uh, you could pray the, uh, the Litany of Humility. That's awfully humbling, though, when you do that. I mean, seriously, it really, it really kind of convicts you. Wait a week on that one. But start with the Our Father and Hail Mary and so forth, and then get to the litany of, of humility. Maybe before you go to bed at night and you do the examine prayer. I have several shows on that where you look back on the day. Maybe at breakfast you can uh, ask your, your bride, how can I pray for you today? She may say, well, uh, pray for me. I've got a doctor's appointment or I'm going to go talk to the teacher at school or whatever it would be. I gotcha. I'll pray for you. And again, you can pray the Our Father. Start where you know. Start there. So that is really, really important. And number five, <laughs> and maybe you've heard this before. Number five, women would say to their husbands, I'm a crockpot, not a microwave. You get it? In other words, if you're going to love your wife, I would start earlier in the day. Just like you plug in the crock pot, warms up by evening. You have a wonderful, wonderful evening. I'll just leave it there. I'm a crock pot, not a microwave. Men have a tendency to be microwaves, microwave machines. And that's, uh, that's the way it goes a lot of times. But if you really want to know your wife's heart, you need to understand she's a crock pot. And I would start off earlier in the day with 
flowers being sent, maybe a note you left behind, a call in the middle of the day. Just let her know that you're thinking about her, that you love her, and uh, you'll be surprised. That one you don't need to write me about. (laughs) One through four, I'd love to hear from you. Number five, there are some things that are just left alone. So those are five things that I would really encourage you to pray about men, think about, and put into practice, and you'll be surprised at what happens in your marriage. You really will. All right, I want to remind you about the study that I mentioned at the top of the top of the show, Wisdom, God's Vision for Life. I'll put the link in the show notes. The Insight Journal. Oh, man. I probably gave you five points that belong in the Insight Journal right now, and you need a place to put these things so you don't forget them. I'll put that link also in the show notes, the Insight Journal. Guys, I love you. I really do. I'm in this with you. I've been sitting down next to you during this entire show, and so I'll get up now, and I will face you and say thank you for joining me. And uh, ladies, uh, I hope the show is fruitful. I really do. Love to hear from you. The Jeff Caven Show at ascensionpress.com. Let me pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord, I lift up my friend to you and I ask you to bless them. I ask you, Lord, particularly with the men, my friends, that you would that you'd give them wisdom and focus on how to love their brides. I thank you, Lord, for giving us wisdom and insight. And the way that you loved us, Jesus, is so deep. It is so powerful. May we, may we imitate you and love our wives. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, my friend. I look forward to talking to you next week. 